0: The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie.
1: Now at 5, we've got breaking news out of New York City. The search for more survivors in what's now being called a deadly parking garage collapse.
2: And more breaking news. The Fox News settlement. What lawyers are saying after today's last-minute agreement after a jury was seated. And
3: severe storm threat increasing a couple days from now. Your first warning forecast is coming up.
1: A man, uh, police say, broke into an East Austin home, ended up dead on the floor when someone inside shot and killed him. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marino.
2: And I'm Britt Moreno. Now, police are saying they're not going to charge the woman who fired that gun because apparently she fired in self-defense. This was all before sunrise this morning, just down the block from Pickle Elementary School. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with self-defense experts to learn what you can do and what you cannot do to protect yourself and your home if this happens to you.
4: The female resident stated that a male was banging on her door and that he was trying to knock the door down and that the resident was trying to hold the door closed. Black and white police cars were still parked on this street
5: hours after an early morning shooting in East Austin. Austin police say a woman living in a
2: home on this block shot and killed an intruder and when somebody unlawfully and with force tries to enter an occupied residence the self-defense
4: law is very clear in the texas penal code
0: in texas we also have what's called the castle doctrine
4: kirk
5: evans so is the president your, of u.s law shield which not. represents self-defenders in court he says under castle doctrine people can use self-defense in a space where they're lawfully allowed to be like inside their own home
0: Texas, you're allowed to use force or deadly force to prevent serious injury or death to yourself or prevent certain crimes uh, like aggravated sexual assault.
5: He says stand your ground statutes mean you don't have to retreat from an attacker before using force. He says both apply to
2: Tuesday's shooting.
0: She was in a lawful place, her home, and it appears she was being attacked. She had no duty to retreat prior to using the force to defend herself. Two separate concepts, but in the same area of the code.
5: In Austin, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News.
1: And the Castle Doctrine came into play in a deadly 2015 shooting in a South Austin neighborhood. Jared James ran away from a special needs home where he received care for autism. Police say he tried to force his way into a nearby house. A man in the home shot and killed James. Now, he told police he was protecting his wife and three children, and police did not file charges in that case. An 84-year-old homeowner in Kansas City, Missouri, is in custody this afternoon, accused of shooting a teenager in the head late last week.
2: Now, family members are saying that 16-year-old was picking up his little brothers when he rang the doorbell at the wrong house. Jay Gray has the latest on the teen's condition and this investigation.
0: Waves of support spilling into the street in Kansas City, Missouri. More than a 1,000 students walking out of Staley High School with a resounding message for a classmate. We love you, Ralph! We love you, Ralph. Ralph is Ralph Yarl, the 16-year-old, shot in the head and arm last week when his family says he went to the wrong address to pick up his younger brothers and a man allegedly opened the front door, shouted, don't come back around here, then opened fire.
5: What? are we doing in america when a young black person can't even ring the doorbell without being profiled as a criminal
0: initially questioned by police the homeowner andrew lester reportedly said he was scared to death citing ralph's size and his own age after first being released lester is now in custody facing charges of first degree assault and armed criminal action the class a assault brings with it the possibility of a life sentence if found guilty. As the prosecutor of Clay County, I can tell you there was a racial component to the case. With frustration and outrage growing in his community, remarkably, Jarl is already back at home.
4: As of right now, I can tell you that Ralph is healing, but just taking it one day at a time and taking it as it comes.
0: Family members saying like so many in his community, Jarl is struggling with thoughts of what happened. Jay Gray, NBC News. A 25-year-old man has been arrested after a fight
1: and a shooting at an HEV parking lot early this morning in Elgin. Pedro Tejo uh, Rodriguez Jr. is charged with deadly conduct, a third-degree felony. Police say multiple shots were fired into a vehicle in the parking lot on U.S. 290. One person was taken to the hospital by helicopter. The other was treated at the scene. We're following some breaking news out of New York City. One person is dead and five others injured in the partial collapse of a parking garage in Manhattan's Financial District. Now, this is just a few blocks from the Brooklyn Bridge. Bystander video showed cars hanging precariously from a buckled upper deck. A student at a nearby university, nearby Pace University, says the collapse, quote, felt like an earthquake. The fire department says there are reports of people trapped right now and searches are underway to be conducted to make sure everyone is accounted for.
2: Well, Southwest Airlines planes were briefly grounded nationwide this morning for what the airline called an intermittent technology issue. Now it led to more than 1,800 delayed flights just four months after the carrier suffered a much bigger meltdown over the Christmas travel rush. The Federal Aviation Administration says Southwest requested that the agency pause the airline's flights. Southwest says a firewall went down and connection to some operational data was lost.
3: First Warning Weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, cloudy skies through much of the day today, but nothing more than a few light rain showers here and there. Overall, the clouds are starting to break up a bit west and east of the I-35 corridor. Nothing more than a few sprinkles on the radar, including a few heading toward Blanco in the next hour. Rain totals negligible. A couple hundredths of an inch here or there. Only one one one-hundredth of an inch officially so far at Camp Mabry. And now a few of us are seeing a little bit of lightning in the skies. Here comes a plane here near the airport at the southeast Austin. Whittlesey Landscape Supply Camera. It's a humid warmer evening at 77. Coming up we are homing in now on a severe thunderstorm threat a couple days from now. We have the latest timeline of what the radar might look like. We're also getting much warmer before a weekend cool front. Your seven day forecast in just a bit.
1: Well, with the jury seated moments before opening arguments were set to start, Fox News and Dominion Voting Systems announced they have reached a settlement.
2: Lawyers saying Fox admitted telling lies about Dominion. Bree Jackson has the very latest developments.
0: That'll go, that'll go.
2: A settlement reached in the legal
4: fight between Dominion Voting Systems and media giant Fox News. The two sides agreeing on an historic amount. Today's settlement. Of $787,500,000 represents vindication and accountability. Lies have consequences. In its defamation lawsuit, Dominion alleged that Fox knowingly aired false claims spread by supporters of former President Donald Trump, blaming Dominion voting machines for his 2020 presidential
1: election loss. Fox and Dominion have reached an, an historic settlement.
0: Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion that caused enormous damage to my company, our employees, and the customers that we serve. The
4: case was resolved even before opening arguments were made. Legal experts say the implications could go even further than just Fox News. One concern is, will that lead to a lot more suits against media entities and more so-called looking under the hood of the journalistic process? Dominion says its legal battles are not over.
0: Money is accountability, and we got that today from Fox, but we're not done yet.
4: As the company has lawsuits against other conservative news outlets. In Washington, Bree Jackson,
2: NBC News. The civil rape and defamation trial against former President Donald Trump will proceed next week. This after a federal judge denied a delay request. Trump's attorney argued his client should be allowed a cooling off period following his historic indictment in a case involving hush money payments made during Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. The civil rape and defamation lawsuit was filed by E. Jean Carroll, a writer who alleges Trump raped her in the mid 1990s. Carol sued Trump in 2019 after the then president denied her allegation that he raped her in an upscale Manhattan department store's dressing room. The trial is expected to last until the end of May.
1: Racist and threatening comments. Just ahead, what a newspaper reporter's audio recorder captured during a county commissioner's meeting that's got Oklahoma's governor calling for resignations.
2: DPS patrols in Austin. What we learned at today's briefing where the chief updated city council members on how it's all going. And
1: creating better access to more affordable child and senior care. What's in an executive order the president signed today.
2: The governor of Oklahoma is calling for the resignations of a sheriff and three other officials in the southeast part of that state. A newspaper's audio recording captured some of them talking about knowing hitmen and complaining about two of the paper's journalists.
0: Yeah, well,
1: it's not like it. No I know. We're
0: taking them <laughs> down here on, on mud creek and hanging them up with the damn rope. Yeah. But you can't You're do anything about it, dude. they got more rights than we got.
2: County Commissioner Mark Jennings also apparently discussed frustration with black people. The publisher of the paper and the reporter say they have been advised to temporarily leave town. None of the four officials returned phone calls from the Associated Press today.
1: Well, as the Austin Police Department looks to fill about 300 officer vacancies, Chief Joseph Chacon says it's still unclear how long DPS will continue to patrol in Austin. Police today briefed city council on the APD-DPS partnership, presenting council members with data and answering questions about the initiative. Chief Chacon says DPS's main focuses are high crime areas and hot spots for reckless driving. Some council members found the session helpful. Others said they hoped for more information.
4: The information that we had asked for including you know arrest demographics where the patrolling was located and happening uh, we were not provided with that specific information
3: i think it was a great briefing it provided transparency to the residents of austin as well as the council members related to the collaboration between apd and dps
1: and apd says violent crime has decreased by 25 percent since the city in the city since dps started patrolling in austin Chief Chacon says the number of troopers deployed in Austin will vary week by week, as will the locations where DPS patrols more heavily.
3: And just a few drops of rain out there, certainly not enough to help the lakes. Buchanan holding steady, Travis though down another inch, just like we saw yesterday. Your first warning forecast with a better opportunity for heavy rain coming up.
4: This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pullout shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything
1: in reach. President Biden took executive action today to address rising costs for child and senior care.
2: This is an attempt to fulfill a campaign promise. Raquel Martin has more on the plan from our nation's capital.
5: Tuesday, President Biden signed a sweeping executive order
2: designed to reduce the cost of caregiving.
0: Family caregivers are doing God's work, taking care of our children, our parents. The
5: order directs federal agencies like the Department of Labor, Veteran Affairs, and the Department of Education to find new ways to improve wages and work conditions for care workers and provide more flexible options to families seeking services. This is a huge, huge step forward. ai Jin Poo, leads the National Domestic Workers Alliance. She says improving wages for care workers is vital. You have high rates of turnover that
4: also affect the services and the access to care that families need. So it becomes a vicious cycle. Whereas if we make them good jobs, it actually becomes
5: a virtuous cycle. The president's executive order does not include new spending to subsidize the cost of care. To do that, he's requesting Congress set aside $750 billion in next year's budget.
4: This administration is doing what it can do to make care
5: more affordable and more accessible while we wait for Congress to act. Heather Boucher, an economic advisor to the president, says some agencies will adopt changes quickly. But while Republicans like Ohio Senator J.D. Vance agree the cost of care is too high.
0: It is a major,
3: major problem. We certainly want to make child care more affordable.
5: Right now, House Republicans are pushing back
2: against the president's request for new spending. In Washington, Raquel Martin. Now Going in depth, a couple weeks ago we told you about some of the ways Austin City Council was looking into affordable child care. Earlier this year it passed a resolution to make opening a child care facility easier and cheaper. Texas Health and Human Services data shows that there's more than 200,000 children under the age of 13 living in Travis County, but child care providers only have the capacity for about 56,000 and the average price of those services per month here in Austin, $1,100. That's according to child care management software company, Brightwheel.
3: First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, a touch more humid, a little warmer out there today, and pretty gray skies through the afternoon. Still pretty gray out there with only a few peaks of sun on the Austonian weather cam. Temperatures actually spiking a little bit at the 5 p.m. hour to 78. Some areas outside of Austin are seeing a little more sun, especially east and west of the I-35 corridor, lower 80s in Mason, and in Giddings this evening. The pollen count has been really problematic. This is actually a real image of what our microscope and artificial intelligence are looking at up on the roof. Luckily it translates that for me so I don't have to know what that means. Grass though is in the high category. This is even higher even worse than it was yesterday. Mold and mulberry are medium a couple others in low concentrations hopefully not making things worse. We talked yesterday about this weak little storm system moving quietly across the state today. Clouds and rain showers are decreasing this evening as the bulk of that heads east but we also have southerly winds that will keep clouds and humidity in the forecast ahead of this kind of a messy disorganized broad storm in the western U.S. when that clips close to the state eventually a couple days from now we actually have an increasing threat of some storms and hopefully some heavy rain one out of five risk of severe weather for most two out of five in the yellow shading in our northeastern area so let me show you some brand new data that actually looks even more impressive just coming in here at 5 p.m. here we are this evening under mostly cloudy skies a couple sprinkles possible but nothing more than that and even that decreases through bedtime tonight. Overnight, the clouds fill in, a little mist drizzle and light fog on kind of a damp start to the day tomorrow. But tomorrow afternoon, we're actually more optimistic for breaks of sunshine and largely dry weather. On Thursday, though, as that storm system makes its closest approach, nothing different in the morning, a couple passing rain showers, cloudy skies, but after some hot sunshine midday, that's going to juice up the atmosphere enough to do this. Some scattered thunderstorms, some of them possibly strong to severe, initiating in the hill country by 3 p.m., forming a larger complex that could move into Austin around rush hour on Thursday evening. Some of these could have torrential rain, even some hail and wind damage as they progress through our eastern counties later Thursday evening, and a little more scattered rain possible not only behind that, but also on Friday beyond the scope of this model. We're getting more optimistic for not a washout everywhere, but a couple one to two inch totals from Austin eastward. Hopefully we can push some of these heavier totals into the hill country. Doesn't look like right now. Tonight's forecast warm and muggy with just a 10% chance of a sprinkle. Breezy south southeast winds keeping us at 67. Tomorrow afternoon sun and nothing more than a sprinkle again. High temperatures at 84 chances of rain are low tomorrow, but they're higher on Thursday with the threat of severe weather in place with the threat of spring storms. Remember, download the free KXAN weather app. You will get push notifications if anything is coming your way. Behind that system's cold front, beautiful and mild sunshine on Saturday. Then a chance of rain returns Sunday into early next week.
2: Okay, David, thanks so much. Millions of years after dinosaurs ruled the earth, how many millions the skeletons of a T-Rex is expected to fetch at auction?
1: The union representing screenwriters in Hollywood is a step closer to going on strike. Nearly 79% of the members voted in favor of a strike once their contract expires on May 1st. The Writers Guild of America wants to rework writer compensation, including an increase in minimum pay, a better formula for residual payments from streaming platforms, and a minimum staffing requirement for all TV shows. The Guild has also proposed a new regulation that would allow artificial intelligence in script writing, so as long as it doesn't adversely affect writers' credits and compensation. Now keep in mind, a strike is not imminent. Back in 2017, 96% voted to authorize a strike, but they didn't walk out. The last rider's strike actually took place in 2007 when 90% of members voted to approve that strike.
2: Now for the coolest story of the night, the skeleton of a giant Tyrannosaurus rex is now up for auction in Zurich. This is only the third dinosaur ever put on auction, the first in Europe, and it is expected to fetch between $5.5 and, and $8.5 and million. Dollars. It's named T-Rex 293 Trinity. The skeleton measures about 13 feet tall, 38 feet long, more than 50% of Trinity's original bones come from three T Rex specimens excavated between 2008 and 2023 in Montana and Wyoming. Now, the rest is artificially produced with plaster and epoxy resin casts to replace the bones that, you know, they couldn't find. T Rex fossils are extremely rare. Only 32 adult skeletons have been found worldwide, and almost all of them are housed in museums. Two other T-Rex models discovered here in North America called Sue and Stan fetched $8 million and $31 million when they were sold in 1998
1: and 2020. Interesting. All right. Well, tonight on KXAN, it's night court at 7 before the season finale of American Auto at 7.30. The wall is all new at 8 o'clock and so is the weakest link at 9 o'clock before we are back with KXAN News at 10.
0: Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.